PYHT listeners, it's Cameron Esposito. And you know how Rhea's been talking about having Cammy's little sweeties t-shirts? Well, a very amazing Put Your Hands Together listener made those t-shirts and you can buy them. Wait, as a fundraiser for the Trevor Project, which provides life-saving support for LGBT youth. Just go to teespring.com slash Cammy's Little Sweeties. All the proceeds from the t-shirts benefit the Trevor Project. I'm really excited, excited about them. And go get them. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's hands up, everybody? Together. Thanks for coming Put out to the MTV! Together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Spitty Mike. You got a spitty Mike? Yeah, there was a show earlier, I'm pretty sure, because we got here a little late. There actually but wasn't. Cannot, was it? There wasn't? <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, old ghost spit. spit. It's an old spitty Ugh. Mike. Because I put it right on my lips. Ew. So. <laughs> I'm enjoying my night. Boo! There's That's a bunch gross. of great comics in back, and, and they can hear you. Let's hear it for them. <laughs> oh, buddy! Hey, Rhea. Yes, dear. Happy President's Day. Oh, thank you. Presidents it's are an interesting concept. to recognize the day even though we no longer have a president. It was fun while it lasted. Yes. That, yes. that one time, literally. <laughs> That one time we had a president? When we had a black president? Yeah, that was like the best time. And then now now it's just done. Now it's just done. Well, not just a... I mean, yes, number one. For what is in my pockets? My pockets know. are stuffed. What's happening with you? crap? You have I a spitty know. microphone and crap in your pockets. What's happening? I've been working all day, Rhea Butcher, writing our hit television show, Take My Wife. <laughs> yeah. So I'm exhausted and I'm smelly and I didn't have time to iron this shirt and it's too short. What happened? I like my shirts here, and now it's shorter. Would ironing have helped that? Yes. Because I, how I iron is I tie the iron to the bottom of the shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I got tons of shit in my pockets. Headphones and what? shit. I don't know. <laughs> Just earbuds popping out. <laughs> Just little baby earbuds. What in the world? I don't know. I love it. I don't know. Lumpy. I'm all lumpy. <laughs> You're all spitty and lumpy. I'm so spitty and lumpy. <laughs> I was tweeting. <laughs> I didn't freeze. I, I'm thinking for a second about what to say next. I was tweeting about, um, what's his name? <laughs> North of here. Santa. <laughs> Come a little south of Santa. Between here and Santa, cute boy looks like... Air. That's it. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. Yeah. I was 
going to say, my next clue was, looks like Eric from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Which I have never thought before I was trying to describe him, and that's yeah, exactly no, that's, what he looks like. That is exactly He looks like a Ken like. whose like, face was printed just a little off. <laughs> but I don't mean that as a slam. I mean, because he's like relatable. Like, if it's, if you, Do you ever get a Ken where the face was just a little off, and you're like, oh, this is actually the Ken I like the best? <laughs> you ever get yourself one of them face-off Kens? <laughs> An off-faced Ken. <laughs> you know, in my day, they only made Kens with one outfit. Uh-huh. Do you remember what it was? No. Sleeve. Someone say it. <laughs> Sleeveless onesie tux. <laughs> yeah, I it was a that. onesie tux, and then you could put a jacket on. But if he, well, he didn't have to. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't. Have no, no, he didn't. And my Kens would put on their ones in Texas, and you know what I would do? Put them right into, that's right, Jem's high heels. That sounds like a solid look. Yeah, because I didn't have a gem, but, but you I had, had her gotten high clothes. Heels? Some, some fucking idiot <laughs> got me gem clothes mm-hmm. for a birthday of mine, thinking uh-huh. that I collected female Dolls and action figures. Yeah, that's weird. So this person's they clearly didn't know you a total well. moron. Because uh, I only collected Ken, Peter Venkman. Uh-huh. More Kens. More other Kens. Derek from Barbie and the Derek, Rockers. Derek, I collected Ke- Derek. Kevin. Uh-huh. We're just naming different Just naming Kens. different men that were dolls. Derek is the version of Ken that's in Barbie and the Rockers. And then yeah, Kevin is like somebody's cousin. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what were we talking about? You were talking about Jem. Oh yeah, shoes. so I put so well. The thing is, Jem is like a slightly bigger doll than Barbie is, so she would have these feet, and that that Ken could fit his paws in there. And so what I did was I invented a business that existed only in my Ken world, which was called High Heels for Men. <laughs> And anyway, my point is, straight as an arrow. <laughs> Since the day I was born. Dude Lettos? Dude Lettos. <laughs> but that makes Stud me think Stud Lettos? Of... That was better. That's better. Stud, Stud Lettos is better. Thank you for the Stud second Lettos swing is better. that one. Yeah, because Dude Lettos just makes me think of Jared, Jared Leto, Leto, which yeah. and is like, by the way, a real Leto down. Am I right? <laughs> Because I would have bet the house on that young man when I saw him uh, supporting Angela Chase through her sort of trials and tribulations. Yeah, he was real supportive. He was such a supportive guy. That's the thing I take away from that show. Just like a really caring boyfriend. What a nice dude. I see what she sees in him, I said to myself. (laughs) Angela Chase, they had the same haircut as well. Yeah. Jordan Cantilano and... Did you just look at me to remember we don't have the same haircut? No. Because for a second it felt like you did. And honestly, I did too. Like, I forgot for a moment that, that we, we don't didn't have, this, have the same need? haircut. Yeah. I mean, I know more. We do have right the now. same haircut. Yeah, I just have long side. bangs. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, they had the same haircut on that uh-huh. show. Did you ever realize that? Sure. <laughs> they had the same haircut, which is like curled under with a round brush, which was like, you know, kind of a but thing. But not in the back. I don't know. What was happening in the back? It was stacked? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I had one yeah. of those. Um, and then it flips out. They had the same haircut, 
and then Willow on Buffy sort of had that haircut. Mm-hmm. And then also the lesbian that was in Hanson. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and I wanted that cut so bad, but I have very voluminous hair when it's not in a fucked up style. And so it just made a triangle. And then, you know what I, do you know what I did to kind of make it so that people could take me a little less seriously? I don't know. Just kind of soften it up so that know, people did, felt like I was a real teen? I don't know. Did you, like, tie an iron to it to get it? To- <laughs> that would have been smart. No, Straight you know on. what I did? I rolled up a... Uh, like a like a like a handkerchief, like a silk handkerchief. Uh huh. Real small. Yes. You know, like yeah, into yeah, yeah. A, one of these. Uh huh. Cigar style. Yeah. And then I would wrap around my neck and just tie a little bow on there, just to be like, I'm young. <laughs> I swear to God, there are pictures of me when I was 15 that look 40 years older than I look now. I'm like, where was I? What you business do. was you, I going to do? You're just what coming back from flight work? was I just going to work? What leg of a flight? Coming back from Boca Raton. I know, or exactly. I'm like, ah, oh, they never give me the international ones. That's where the money is. <laughs> These Diet Cokes are so slow. <laughs> you guys read that mental floss article, didn't you? Oh, thank God, you're up in front now. Go in front. God dang it. She's always creeping backwards off the stage. That's better. I don't mind. You're like this? Light, but I don't care. I don't like it at all. Well, no, don't go there. Go here. Go here. Right there. Rhea, how was your weekend? You were talking about Justin Trudeau, and then... Oh! <laughs> I mean, Jesus. What had happened was, I tweeted... Um, a pic- I tweeted that Justin Trudeau, like, he knew... Some sort of computer thing. I'm going to make you work for this. Yeah, quantum computing. Thank you. Two languages, yeah. Yeah, he knew quantum computing, which are two, that's two words, and that's all I know about it. Um, But anyway, he was explaining it to uh, people, Uh and this was very impressive, Uh because it's like not his field uh-huh. and then I just went oh I miss having a president and <laughs> quote tweeted it and then somebody from Canada was like yes but I feel like Americans are holding this dude up as if he's perfect and he's terrible to indigenous people he, mm-hmm. they didn't say that that would be such a long tweet you couldn't fit it <laughs> and I just want to say I Yes, right, yes. Mm-hmm. I know there's a huge issue with First Peoples in Canada. We, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, are we not nailing this in the U.S.? We've never been nailing this. <laughs> and we're continuing down the path of awful. Um, but you know what I miss? Just like anybody that you felt like you could talk to, mm-hmm. to even say, hey, you're really fucking this up. Mm-hmm. You know? Because now, there's just like a hell mouth. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't really like your policies. And then the hell mouth is like, um, this is a private club? (laughs) (laughs) 
And then the Hellmouth ties a little handkerchief around its neck. <laughs> I don't wish work. Donald Trump had a little handkerchief around his neck. Do you know why? Because then maybe if we untied it, his head would fall off. No, thank you! What? It's a reference to Return to Oz. She has a bunch of heads. It's weird. Who it's has really a bunch creepy. of heads? The witch in that section of the... What? Yeah. Whose heads, though? Just a bunch of different witch heads. What do you mean? I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, like, you know how you can get, like, a Sonicare toothbrush and you got a bunch of different toothbrush heads and you can switch it out? Yeah, I think I'm with you. Yeah. That, but with people. And the different brush heads are heads. Somebody was ahead of me uh, on that one. <laughs> Um, but there's a there's like a, a hallway of heads that are just like on little they look like busts uh-huh. and there's like glass windows and then uh-huh. Dorothy Gale has to bust out of the witch's thing or whatever and then she has to you like use run bust in two different ways in the same sentence I know I'm sorry. fucking confused I'll tell I you know. that much there are Wait, busts so of heads there's a bunch and then of she heads has to break out of the the witch's thing where then- is she before and after what. You want to give? You want me to give you the whole thing? Well, I'm, she returns to Oz. Okay, all right, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I Where thought, has she I been? Cover the, in the interim. Kansas. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Let me ask you a follow-up question: Is she injured again? Kind of. There's. All kinds of other stuff. I, I forget exactly how she goes back to. There's. I don't think there's a tornado again. Because it's. Does anybody remember? Shock therapy. Thank shock you. That's what I thought. It's shock therapy. <laughs> For what reason, Mike? She Pence? went to. <laughs> Dorothy Gale. Yeah, it? got it. Wait, no. No, so- she's getting shock therapy because she went to Oz, believes it to be real, you know. You were there, oh, you were there, and you were there. That's actually sad, because yes, that's why it's no not one saw real. the movie. Yeah, that's the end of Wizard of Oz. You <laughs> go, oh, that wasn't real. Terrifying. And then it's sad if she... Oh, no. <laughs> this is worse than when the <sighs> little, when there's the feet. What? The In the Wizard of Oz, when the guy... When they hang himself or whatever. Oh, my God. Now you're getting way too deep. This is... All I said with Dor- was Dorothy Gale, and now you're like, the little feet. Wait, so, but... When she goes back, who's there? Oh, my God. Um, there's a chicken, and there's TikTok. I was, yeah, TikTok. Who, who TikTok is like, what? Belina, the talking chicken. Yeah, Belina, the talking chicken. And TikTok. TikTok is a robot that walks like this. And he has, like, a clock. You know what's funny is like there's I've never a bed, heard of there's this. There's a weird scarecrow, and, and then there's the wheelies, which are very scary. See? Wow. <laughs> See? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually passing judgment on this movie. What I'm realizing is that through uh, early sort of exposure to the other Wizard of Oz, uh-huh. I didn't think that was weird. And that's actually the problem. Because like, you guys are like, there's TikTok, the talking rooster face. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> there's a man made of tin and a lion with no 
real hard. <laughs> well, you know what else? What? I've never seen The Wizard of Oz. That's what I said. She She's, knew this before we took our vows. <laughs> I've never seen The Wizard of Oz. I know what it's about. Oh, yeah, give me the whole story right now. <laughs> She's walking along, and it's so black and white, and... <laughs> She's got it. <laughs> She's got it. <laughs> Thank you for Cameron Esposito's one-woman show of The Wizard of Oz. She's walking along and it's real black and white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, well, I think I nailed it. You guys, yeah, you are you ready it. for a great rest of your show? <laughs> well, we are so happy to have this first comic on the show. She is a pal of Rhea and mine who we love from Chicago, and she just recently moved to L.A., and so we're going to welcome her with such open hearts and giant round of clapping. Let's hear it right now for Kristen Clifford! Give it up! Yay! Oh man, I started off right. I wanted to startle everyone and I did it. I opened up that door and it scared the shit out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, <laughs> I love this audience already because you guys are like book nerds. You're like, going to the talking chicken. <laughs> We're on top of it. Um, being alive is a nightmare, right? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, it's so hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the last time I was at this show, I was an audience member because, you know, I like to take a busman's holiday every once in a while. Uh, no one knows what that is, you nerds? Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. But uh, I, so I was here, and I was. Uh, it was election night, uh, which was a. Yeah. Should I sage the room? Uh, can we sage the United States uh, after this is over? But it was a very weird night because it was election night. They were giving us updates, and I was also here with someone who I had been smooching romantically, and then was not. And we were like, "We love comedy. Let's go to this show together on election night." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then afterwards, we're like, oh, man, that's rough. Uh, you know how we used to smooch romantically and now we don't? But right now, all we want to do is feel alive. Um, my car's that way. I'll see you later. Uh, it was real weird. Uh, <laughs> and since then, like, that was a couple months ago, obviously. And I am just not getting laid nearly enough. Uh, this isn't about to be a sad diatribe about what I'm doing wrong. Uh, it's just a query about why I'm not getting what I clearly deserve. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I don't understand it. Like, my personality is, is pretty good. This is my hair. Um, <laughs> it's baffling. Uh, it's honestly baffling. And I realized it had been a while. I got a call. Oh, like, I don't want you guys to worry. Like, I've had sex, like, a cool amount of times. Uh, <laughs> like, whatever that means to you, multiply it by three. <laughs> That's the number. Uh, and I, I, I didn't... Re I realized it had been quite a while. I got a phone call from a pansexual partner. And he was like, hey, uh... <laughs> I have chlamydia. 
right? And I was like, ooh, <laughs> what a racy yet treatable problem. <laughs> I bet I have a few phone calls to make too. <laughs> Uh, and that's when I realized I didn't. <laughs> Am I at a great school play right now? What is happening? <laughs> um, thank you for your support. Um, yeah. And I didn't even have chlamydia, you know? So it was kind of a bummer all around. Uh, I just wanted uh, <laughs> just a cool story to tell at brunch, you know? No, I'm not drinking. I'm on antibiotics. <laughs> Is this what it is like on Sex in the City? I don't know. I've never seen this show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what exactly the problem is. I, I'm a little bit creepy. Um, you guys might be like, what? You're wearing pink. <laughs> For the listeners at home. Uh, and... But I here okay like here's just a few an example of just like a few of the creepy things I've done throughout my life in no particular order um, in second grade in nose blood I wrote die on the bathroom wall <laughs> and then the class bully was like who wrote dit on the bathroom wall, and I was like, it's die, actually. Um, and then I ordered a bunch of pizzas to her house. Because um, it was the 80s, and you could do that. Um, no one would check. Uh, I invited Elijah Wood to a school dance. He's a celebrity. Uh, and I didn't know him personally. Um, at all. And, like, I had uh, previously I'd written to him and just, like, kept it real chill, like, love your work. <laughs> big fan would love a signed photo <laughs> which he sent me one and uh, it said keep smiling and my sister was like did you get that at the dentist um, <laughs> I was like no Elijah Wood personally sent it to me uh, so I was like I sent him this thing and I was like hey like, do you want to come to my school dance with me um, I'll pay for everything I had no job <laughs> I don't know what I thought was going to happen like he was going to I don't know show up at my house and I'd be like you can stay here <laughs> <laughs> and if you're like that's kind of a cute story though that's sweet you're just uh, too old to be doing that um, I was too old to be doing that it's not cute um, here's another creepy thing I've, I gave up full house for Lent one time because <laughs> at the time I was like religious and I was like well Jesus really wants me to sacrifice <laughs> What do I love the most? <laughs> New episodes of Full House. Um, as part of my other letter writing campaign, I wrote them a letter about how I should have my own role on the show. I like planned it all out. I'm like, listen, I'm nine. My name is Heather. My parents have died. I need to move into the Full House. <laughs> there is room. I like plan. I'm like, I could move into the alcove. Joey is downstairs. Anyways. Um, <laughs> 
It was a whole thing. But like, this is something I do that like some people think is creepy, but I think is awesome. Um, I'll just explain. Like when I'm out and about walking on the street, sometimes people will say really mean stuff to me. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but society thinks they own women's bodies. Uh, it's crazy. It's wild. I don't get it. Um, sometimes men feel the need to point out to me that I'm a fat person, uh, as though I'm unaware. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I'm also attractive. Like, it's you can be both. It's not a mutually exclusive <laughs> situation. <laughs> this is the best grade school play ever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, like, I will be uh, like walking down the street and they might say something to me. And, like, I don't know. I'm like, my friends are not all at a party right now. Like, Kristen's fan. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> Were you to tell her, it would ruin everything. <laughs> no, they know. They compliment me on my hair like normal people. Um, but so now when someone says something really nasty to me, this is what I do. So let's say like a guy recently came up to me and was like, <laughs> have you ever thought about going to a gym? And I'm like, yeah, I've thought about it. Um, decided against it. But now I like to do just very seriously, turn to them and be like, actually, um, I just gave birth to stillborn twins. This is my first night out. It's actually a lot harder to lose the baby weight if you're not breastfeeding a baby. (laughs) Some of you guys are getting real sad like you forgot I'm the hero of this story. (laughs) They were being shitty. I was being awesome. Uh, Thank you so much. Keep it going for Cam and I mean, how do you top that? You don't. People love to tell me, people love to yell shit at me just like on the street and be like, you look like a dude. And then I'm like, no shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Anything else? No, that's what I just say for a half an hour. Like, yeah! Uh-huh! Yes! So that's what it was like talking to my dad this weekend. <laughs> you look like a dude. What if my dad called me? And I was, I was like, hello? And he was like, you look like a dude. <laughs> well, so do you, dad. <laughs> Anyway, catharsis. You know, it's good. Try stand-up comedy. It makes you feel better. Anyway, you guys want to keep the show going with amazing comics and feeling good? I love getting to listen to you guys laugh. It's really fun. Uh, This next comic, uh, it's his first time on the show, so you guys know what we do for first-timers. And I'm especially excited to bring this, this next comic up because you might have seen him in a little show called Take My Wife playing my best friend, Mr. Dave Young. Please give a warm welcome to Zeke Nicholson right now! Whoa. 
What's up, y'all? You guys having a good time? Let me hear you say hell yeah. Hell yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. All right, y'all. Thank you guys for having me. This is so fun. Um, so I'm going to tell you guys a story, okay? And it's a true story. When I moved to Los Angeles after college at 23, I reconnected with my black father that I did not know at all growing up as a child. Whoa, right? <laughs> Big stuff here. Cool. So now that I've reconnected with my dad, I know that he and I are very different, okay? So I grew up in like the whitest town in the whitest part of New York with my white mom and I went to Williams College, which is a prestigious liberal arts school, no big deal. My dad uh, grew up in the hood and is his, in his words is a proud graduate of D Streets, nigga! <laughs> so, yeah, he's an interesting guy. The day that I moved to California, he said to me, and this is true, son, welcome to California. California is great. As long as you don't fuck kids or hurt animals, you can do whatever you want. Ha! You could eat shit and hell at the moon and somebody will probably join you. So... Yeah, that's my dad. Um, and when I was 23, uh, I went to a family reunion in the hood in Phoenix, Arizona with that man. So uh, to give you a little bit of backstory, like uh, at the time that he invited me to go to this reunion, I like, didn't know him really well. You know, our, our relationship was pretty new. And I decided that I wanted to do this to sort of like see where he had come from. You know, I wanted to kind of get a, an idea of like, yeah, just the place that had shaped him and the people that had shaped him. So uh, that's what was going into my head. And we, we took this road trip from, uh, from L.A. to Phoenix. And with us also was my cousin, Michael, who is this dude. He's like one of those guys whose eyes are a third of the way open all the time, you know? And he says shit like, hey, man, I remember when you was a baby. <laughs> You way bigger now, though. Yeah. <laughs> way bigger. Yeah. And so, like, that's our little cast of characters, right? And we are driving again to this reunion in Phoenix. And it's a six-hour drive. So here's the setup. Uh, I'm in the driver's seat here, right? My dad is riding shotgun over here, right? And Michael is in the back just, like, lounged out, like, just fucking doing his thing, right? So uh, in order to pass the time, my dad starts to tell me a little bit about this neighborhood in West Phoenix where we were going. So he was like, son, let me tell you about this neighborhood, okay? It's called The Jungle. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's real poor, it's real black and it's a shitload of gangbangers that live up in there. Ain't that right, Mike? Mike's like, yeah, that's right. It do be a lot of gangbangers there. <laughs> yeah, 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 it do. Now, I'm from a town where truly the most gangster thing that ever happened is that Chelsea Clinton got married there. Uh... Yeah, so like this was this was a lot for me, you know what I mean? And my dad knows that I'm from this white town, so he was like, son, you know what? I know you don't know that much about gangsters, but it's okay. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Gangsters ain't even that dangerous, you know? You know what? Everybody think a, a gangster dangerous? A gangster got the worst motherfucking aim in the whole world, okay? <laughs> if a gangster looking for you, psh, nigga, you good. <laughs> you know, everybody else around you is fucked because he's gonna shoot at you and accidentally hit them, but you good. <laughs> I was in a gang once. We shot up a club. But now that I think about it, I shot at a dude and accidentally hit the men's room sign. So yeah, you're right, yeah. We do have bad aim. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy, right? I'm driving into the fucking hood with my absentee dad and this former gangbanger cousin who is a sign murderer. And I'm like, 
just this is wild to me, you know? And I, I think like at that time I wasn't like too freaked out. You know, I think I had kind of committed to having this experience and I wanted to kind of get to know my dad and sort of see his world. Um, and obviously gangbangers a little outside my comfort zone at that point, right? But, you know, I was in it. It sort of felt like uh, it was like day one of a study abroad program. And I was like, you know, I don't know that I love it so far, but I've already paid for the trip. So here we go. <clears throat> um, yeah, so eventually the the ride, we hit that point in every little uh, like parent road trip um, where my dad starts to talk to me about like what's going on in my dating life, right? So he asks me if I'm dating anyone, and I say no, and he says, son, that's good. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give you some free advice right now. Don't do, don't, 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 don't do nothing stupid like fall in love, okay? Love is overrated. Love just means you found somebody that'll put up a mo with your shit. Ha <laughs> ha. Ain't that right, Mike? Yeah, that's right. I ain't in love with nobody. Then again, I just got out of jail, so that might be why. I'm like, whoa, okay. And he's like, See, you know what? Let me tell you something. I'm gonna give you some free advice, okay? You should sample women like you was at the Sizzler, okay? Look, <laughs> your dad, I mean, he's an aqua, he's an equal opportunity employee, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't do kids, I don't do animals, but if they breathe, then I'm in, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, that's a gross way to say something actually sort of progressive. Um, yeah, okay, great. And he was like, hey man, you ever have sex with a big girl? And I was like, I don't want to have this conversation with you. He was like, let me tell you what it looked like when you fucking a big girl. You look like Garfield after he got hit by a car. All you see is arms and legs. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, your whole like attitude towards women is really bothering me because I know some of that energy was directed at my mother at one point in the past. So uh, yeah, that was a, li a little intense. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm trying to connect with these dudes. Uh, but my dad was like not letting it go. He was so into that Garfield joke. He like wanted a high five. He was like, come on, give me a high five. All right. Mike in the back. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Classic physical comedy bit, guys. You guys are into it. You get it. You get it. Um, so, okay, great. So we get to this reunion eventually after this like, long six-hour drive, right? And it's crazy. I'm meeting all of these people, these aunts and these uncles, and I'd never met any of them before. And uh, it was just like, it, it was pretty intense, you know? And I think they were doing this kind of uh, active job to try and make me feel like I was part of the family. So every conversation I would have would be like this. Uh, I'd be like, hey, sweetie. Yeah, it's me, your Aunt Bibi. I'm your daddy's sister. Yeah, Ooh, look at you. You so big. <laughs> I remember you when you was a baby. You are much larger now, though. <laughs> okay, I love you. Hey, what's up, little nigga? Yes, me, your cousin Walter. Shit, man, look at you. Look at you, light-skinned motherfucker. You look like Drake, but poor. <laughs> yeah, hey, by the way, I love you, dog. And then the pièce de résistance was that I met my dad's ex-girlfriend, Denise, who is not a member of my family, and I don't know why she was at the reunion, but she is everything you expect she would be based on how this story has gone so far. She was like, what's up? I'm Denise. Yeah, I'm the baddest bitch on the block. You better believe it. Check it out. Here's something you got to know. I could have been your mama, but you was already born. <laughs> By the way, I love you. <laughs> no. uh, and yeah, it was wild. Denise was crazy. So it was just like, it was a, a full weekend of like this kind of stuff. And uh, at the end of it, like despite sort of feeling a little awkward at first, uh, eventually I kind of felt like I walked away from there having found my place among this family, you know, and, and I also kind of got to see my dad uh, 
in in a space that was totally his own and i felt like i understood him better which is kind of like what i was after you know so that was cool um and yeah we ended up driving back to la and my roommate asked me he was like yo how was the reunion how was arizona and i was like yo the reunion was tight man and arizona's cool like as long as you don't fuck kids or hurt animals you can have a bomb time at a reunion dude (laughs) all right guys that's my time thank you Yeah, that's a nice man that I work with. That's a nice man that I work with. That's a fun, that's fun to, that's fun. <laughs> to have fun, nice co-workers and they're, they have cool hats and they wear them however they want. <laughs> How are you doing? Good, yeah, what did you do? What, what did you do today? Um, my best friend from Ohio moved here two years ago, so we went to Grandpa's Great. <laughs> Is his best friend here? No? No. What? Wh- wh- why? Literally chance. fucking why? She has a... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, uh, she has other... Where did she move from in Ohio? Are you from Ohio? Yeah. Where are you from? Uh, Dayton, Ohio. You're from Dayton, Ohio. Rhea. Yeah. What, what is Dayton about? Uh, what's it about? Yeah, what's it about? Like flying and alien workshop. <laughs> flying an alien workshop, huh? One of those. <laughs> um, when it, did, have you lived here for a while? Six weeks. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. You got here just a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, and I start work tomorrow. What? Yeah. Such a, so many things to discuss. <laughs> what is your new job? Uh, story assistant on Dancing with the Stars. Well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> What does that mean, I wonder? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen Unreal, so. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> Who's, a, wait, so there's another season starting right now, or are you? Uh, beginning of March. Beginning of March. Who's on it? I don't know. Oh, it's not announced? No, not until March 1st. Oh, okay. But what if you before have what if you found it in the interview and then accidentally told me and then I repeated it into this microphone and then it went on a podcast and then you were fired before you ever went in? Because <laughs> somebody went like, yeah. over here. Somebody like thought that was gonna work. I mean, she knows. I could tell by the way she was like, I don't know. That means you know. Um, but she's doing a good job. Hollywood magic. Keep it to yourself. But seriously. <laughs> Is it politicians? I hope it's not politicians. That's the worst. Shh, fucking stop it at this point, right? It used to be silly when you were dancing around, but shut up and... Well, shut up is a weird thing to say to somebody who was dancing. <laughs> fucking shut up and go do your job. That was me talking to Rick Perry. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't get to be president? Well, a total monster got to be president because you insisted on talking about nonsense for years! And so then people believed nonsense was real! You know what? Abortion is fine! Gay people are fine! No bathroom laws! Shut up! (laughs) Sit up all this dancing and shut up. 
Well, good luck. It's tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow? God, what's it going to be like? <laughs> I think that means, I think part of your job is that, do you know what your job is? Like, have you worked in this field before? I think part of your job is that you do Frankensteining of clips where they where like one time somebody's like where somebody goes like I'm worried I can't dance at all and then they a different time they say he is walking over there so cute but then they <laughs> But then your job is you put it like this so it goes he can't dance at all and then everybody goes oh <laughs> I don't want to explain your job to you, but that's your job. <laughs> well, let us know. Come back and sit right there and wear that shirt and I'll remember you. I never will. I won't. I won't. I have too many things. I'm famous and I can't keep track of you all. But my point is, it's wonderful to have you here. And boy, what a round of applause. Start work tomorrow. Well, uh, this next comic is a visitor to L.A. from New York and a, a wonderful pal and just a dreamboat, and you're going to have the best time. So let's hear right now for Rojo Perez. Give it up for Rojo. Thank you, Cam. What is up? Cool. Complete silence. So you make somebody feel at home. <laughs> Thank you for that. Packing it in here. This is so fun. I'm excited. Thank you for coming out. Nice to see you. Your arms are crossed. That's a good sign. <laughs> I'm going to sit on stage. Hurry up. Make me laugh, monkey. Do it. I'm real close. I appreciate it. I'm going to get into some jokes with Ohio. Where are you at? Who are you? I was just in Cincinnati, and I... Uh, I have a zoo hookup guy now in my life. <laughs> you know how crazy that is? I didn't know I would ever want one, but now I can't imagine a life without one. Like, does that... A dude came to a show in Cincinnati, and after we were talking, he goes, hey, I work at the zoo. And I was like, yes, yes, whatever it's following, yes. So he took me to the zoo, and the Cincinnati Zoo is like, it's a dope one. It's like where they like... It's where they murk Tarambe. It's a real... I don't get weird. But yeah, that's a real thing. That's a fact. That's what they say when you walk in. Um, but I got to feed camels. He took me like backstage. Camels and rhinos. I touched a penguin. Well, fuck you guys. I touched a penguin. That shit is... The, the fun thing was... The penguin wasn't, like, we didn't go into the exhibit. So, like, when we walked, they took us to, like, a little hall to, like, see the penguin. But the penguin was already there. So it looked like the penguin was on break. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like, he was taking a fiver. He was just chilling, just smoking a Newport. Just fucking, can I get a day to myself? Like, it was that sort of. It was the dopest. Um, all right, let's get into some real jokes. I, um... People say uh, comedy is about being vulnerable. Opening up, hoping the audience gets it, appreciates it, reciprocates with laughter. Uh, that being said, when I was 13, growing up in Puerto Rico, I almost drowned. It's a real thing. Yeah. 
fucked up thing to chuckle at. Um, <laughs> but that's a real thing. I almost drowned when I was 13. And that's the second scariest thing that's ever happened to me. Because two weeks ago, a stranger got in a revolving door with me. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> it was like one of the four ones, like the quarter ones. And I walked in real confident, like I'd used it before. And midway through it, jammed. It locked up. And I heard the voice that wasn't mine. <laughs> I heard the voice go, what's the holdup? <laughs> Motherfucker, you're the holdup. What are you doing in my wedge right now? And I lost it. I just fucking had a meltdown. I was just like, can I have anything to myself anymore? And then the dude got real nervous because he turned around and tried to push the doors the other way. But that's not how those doors work, is it? So I, so I had to like focus, like get them back in the right direction. <laughs> but to anybody who saw us, it just looked like we were having a moment. <laughs> like we were a couple arguing and this was the only quiet place we could find. <laughs> it's just like, don't embarrass me, get in the doors. Let's go to the doors. <laughs> I don't know. The year is off to a weird start for me. It's been a tricky one. I don't... I, I was prank called by a child Thursday. <laughs> That'll throw your whole day for a loop. Um, a random number popped up on my phone, and I picked it up because I thought it was Hollywood. It never is. Um, <laughs> but I picked it up, and this kid goes, Hey! <laughs> And the thing was, I knew it was a kid because he hadn't figured out his phone breathing etiquette. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you ever talk to somebody and they're breathing into the speaker? Like, <laughs> like that shit. Where it's like, oh, you stole this. Um, but I picked it up and the kid goes, hey. <laughs> Thank you for the pizza. <laughs> it was delicious. Almost as tasty as your pussy. <laughs> and then he waited for a response. So I just had to be like, uh, you're welcome. I was like, sure, kid, anytime I, uh, I got the recipe from your mom. Is what I said. And then me and this eight-year-old laughed and laughed and laughed. Five minutes we laughed together. Who knew you could meet your soulmate through a prank call? What? I saved this number. What a good day. <laughs> I think I gotta get out of here soon. I... I guess you can get into this. I am... Uh, I got in yesterday. I don't live here. I live in New York. Um, and I went out with my buddy Tone. And we don't know how to not drink. Um, big fans. We went out last night and I have been hungover for years. <laughs> you ever have that thought? I was like, when are you going to learn how to drink? I'm like, I'm 30. I still shouldn't be blacking out. Like, I should have figured this out. Like, I'm done waking up with one sock on. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm not even on my foot, on my hand. Like, I did a drunk puppet show for myself the night before. 
I just don't. It's such a fun thing. I don't know if I'm drinking too much. You guys tell me. Uh, you ever get so drunk you're surprised you wake up? <laughs> you have that one where the next day you open your eyes and everything's an accomplishment. You're like, look who's still here. That's really good. <laughs> That's pretty good. This is why I think I need to quit drinking. My phone got stolen a couple months ago. I, I, I was out in New York, and I was at a bar. I was drinking. I was taking shots. I was celebrating them because it was Tuesday. So I was doing that. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, it was 3 a.m., and I'm McDonald's arch drunk. You ever get that drunk where you have tunnel vision, and the only thing that exists are those golden arches in your life? And I was walking through the city, and I felt like Columbus looking for the new world. And I was like, guys, I think I see one to the east. I was alone. There was no one with me. But I found the McDonald's and I got two burgers. I went and I ate my burgers. This is how drunk I was. After I ate my burgers, I left and went and got more McDonald's at a different McDonald's. <laughs> I forgot I got the shit in the first place. I was like, ooh, McDonald's. We haven't had this in ages. Let's give this a whirl. So I got a Sixer Road Nuggets. I got a Sixer Nuggets. Fuck yeah. I got six nuggets and I got on the train and I sat down and I put the nuggets on my left and took my phone out. And I started sending, like, a sexy text. You know how women love at 3 a.m.? So I started sending one of those trying to set up, like, a late-night rendezvous. You know what doesn't help a rendezvous? When you can't spell rendezvous. I was like, hey, girl, you want to come over for... Oh, boy. Uh, but I had that drunk confidence. So I was like, oh, I can figure this out. Sound it out. Sound a ronde... Ron got it. R-H-O-N-D-A Space V-U-E You know rendezvous And I sent a text and there was one gentleman like where you are sir across from me and we locked eyes and I nodded being like I crushed that fucking text and as I nodded I passed out smile phone in hand nuggets chilling I woke up 30 minutes later. That guy was gone. The phone was gone. One nugget left. He ate five nuggets, guys. That's some Bush League shit. The dipping sauce was open. That's a dirty fucking move. <laughs> he left me one nugget. Been like, this kid's going to be real bummed when he wakes up. So I'm going to leave him a little snack here. Um, you guys are dope. Thanks for supporting the show. Have a good night. Bye. Did I tell you guys about this when I was going through security for a flight not too long ago? I was going through the circular thing that I always think money's going to pop out from the bottom. <laughs> I go into it. And a bunch of people had, like, I was in the TSA pre-line, and I, I realized recently, I'm an only child, I really like rules, because, uh, like, they're just for me, you know? <laughs> I never had anybody around to break them and be like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, so I, I just like really love the rules. And so I was like waiting in line for the TSA pre. Like I paid for this. I'm supposed to be here. I don't care that I have this little hat on. I'm supposed to be here. Um, and then all of a sudden somebody just like went around the line and got in the thing ahead of me. And I was like, this is not, this is not, this is not, but the line, this is not the line. This is and I just turned into a half teapot and just started boiling in line. I was like, It's like losing my top, you know. <laughs> then that person went through, and I got into the machine. I, I like looked at the agent. We like shared a moment of like, well, that person, 
clearly cut in line. <laughs> I'm glad you saw it too, because uh, great. <laughs> like, what what is it gonna do? Like, I'm gonna be like, eh, <laughs> somewhere. I don't know. So as I I am in the machine, about to put my hands up, I turn my head back, and there is another human being inside the single human being size machine. And they had gotten in with me and just were also going like this. I mean, it was one of the weirdest experiences. Other than being in a rotating, because I've had people get in with a rotating thing, and then they just go like this with you. And you're like, well, I guess I'm do- we're doing this now? I don't... Yeah, just another, just getting scanned with another human body. All right. <laughs> These are not the rules, but whatever. <laughs> All right, you guys, we have two more comics left on the show. Are you excited for them? I know that you are. This next comic, guess what? It's also his first time on this show, so you guys know what to do. Let's go crazy. Let's get wild. For Mr. Matthew Broussard, right now, let him hear it. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Ah, finally some diversity, right? Oh, man. I want to hear the worldview of a guy who looks like one of Donald Trump's sons. I want to hear but he has an enlightened perspective. Oh, man. That made my life harder. How you guys doing? We're good? Okay. I, um, I'm trying to focus on the good. Like, I feel like politically things are messed up right now, but there is still, like, good happening. There's progress being made, at least in this state. In California, November 8th, we all know, uh, uh, marijuana got fully recreationalized, which that was cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I, uh, I threw a little party to celebrate, and we did so much heroin. It was so much fun. Oh, my God. I uh, went on a date recently, and it was set up by friends. You know how, like, first dates, you're always kind of waiting to see if the person's crazy, like, if it will reveal itself? It was like that. It was going well for, like, 15 minutes, and then she started making fun of me for my colorblindness, which is, to me, a huge gray flag. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's entirely contrived. I'm not colorblind. I just exploited a disability for a fairly well-written joke, and I'm, um... <laughs> I'm also in a relationship. I've been seeing a girl for a while now. She's uh, I really like her. Uh, she was uh, a professional swimmer, and I used to swim uh, growing up. I was bad at it, but I'm a big fan of the sport, and she was actually one of my favorites. And we ended up meeting through a dating app called Instagram, and uh, we've been going out for a while. And she's really cool. She's a really impressive person. She's like, she was 13th in the world when she was swimming, so she's like kind of physically intimidating. Like she's almost six feet tall, uh, muscular, but still feminine, like skinny waist broad, childbearing shoulders, and um, she's, uh, the one she's kind of a jock, like she's like, she's like a bro, basically, like she's intense about, I thought it was just sports, but apparently it's like other things as well, like recently she told me, uh, this is kind of personal, uh, she doesn't like to 69 because she takes it too competitively, it's just like, oh great, how oh, great of a mental image is that, it's like, all right, let's do this, first one to come is a queer, it's like, whoa, it's really hot. Very, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win that one, Laura. I, uh, we recently, we got an IUD, uh, together recently, which if you don't know, that's an improvised uterine device. It's, uh, it's an implanted <laughs> contraceptive. And I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying this because when my girlfriend explained how hers worked, uh, my head exploded. I had no idea what the technology was. She explained there's this little T-shaped plastic rod wrapped in copper coils, and it goes up in there. I was like, oh, so it like releases chemicals to tell your body you're pregnant. She was like, nope. 
just sits there blocking babies, just not in my house, just slamming them out. <laughs> I was like, no. No, I'm confused. That doesn't make sense. How does a little piece of metal protect you from having life? Has, how did your gynecologist slash electrician explain this to you? Because that sounds like magic. Is it a horcrux? Tell me if it's a horcrux. She's like, no. Well, the copper is antimicrobial, so it creates an, uh, a spermicidal environment, so copper beats baby, or however you play rock, paper, scissors. And I, was like, I was like, what about, like, does it, how long does it work? She was like, oh, it's incredibly effective, and it lasts, uh, you can leave it up there for 10 years before it turns into a pearl and just falls out. And I was like, oh. This... This really sounds too good to be true. Are there any side effects? She's like, really? None. I mean, for two days, there's like a rusty discharge and mild discomfort, and that's it. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Rusty discharge is my porn name. Like, what are the odds? <laughs> that's gross. Isn't that amazing, though? Isn't that that's medicine? That's just incredible to me that the most effective uh, form of contraceptive was just a little piece of metal in your uterus. Is, that, is it up here? Is it up? Is it burst out of your chest? I know nothing about the female anatomy. Um, but that's all it takes, just a little piece of copper. That means all of the pills and injections and hormones weren't as effective as one doctor just being like, that's where I left my keys. Like, that's all it takes. <laughs> that's fascinating. Gynecology is a really, uh, it's a really funny field. Oh, by the way, sorry. The person who invented the IED, one of the two guys credited with inventing it, is a guy named Dr. Graffenberg. And I don't know if that rings any bells, but it should. The G and G spot stands for Graffenberg. So he has both of those to his name. Uh, give it up for that guy. More importantly, give it up for that guy's wife. That's uh, that is, that is a Susan B. Anthony of invasive procedures. That is a really... What's funny about gynecology is it's, uh, it's a remarkably recent field. So much stuff we kind of, we just learned about. Like, we didn't study Kegels until we... I, I wasn't there. Um, Kegels weren't studied until the 1950s. The G-spot wasn't named until the 1980s. And the clitoris wasn't mapped out until 1998. I'm going to say that last part again. Um, the clitoris wasn't mapped out until the same year that Smash Mouth released All Star. That's how recent... What have they been doing? What have they, like, all the other stuff we've accomplished, like, what have gynecologists been doing for the last hundred years? Because I just picture two doctors in the corner of a room just being like... No, you ask her. No. You should ask. I don't want to ask you. Fine, okay. Hi, can we talk to you about your baby hole? Like, that's all I have. It's funny. I, uh, I like learning about medicine. It's very funny for me because I always thought doctors were, like, super smart, but so many major medical breakthroughs were just kind of by accident, just, like, kind of throwing shit against the wall. Like, Viagra is a good example. Viagra started as a heart medication. That's what they thought it was going to do. They're like, yeah, just take these pills. It should help with your blood pressure. It's like, I keep getting boners. Like, That's what I meant. That's what I, yeah, that, for sure. I was just endlessly entertained by knowing that there was a clinical trial where they learned that. They had no idea going in. Just like, all right, if anyone's feeling any side effects, please raise your, I was going to say hand, but that also, yeah. It's the idea of just like locking them in a room for two hours, just a bunch of old men, they come back, they're all just sitting, just like, huh, right? There's like one guy in the corner in a wafty white gown, fully erect, just owning it, right? The, the doctors walk up like, um, sir, uh, you took the placebo. And he's just like, <laughs> I'm just excited to be here. Contact high, whatever. This is a little gross, uh, actually. Yeah, no, this one's like, uh, it's weird seeing what ends up working 
in, in medicine or medical treatments because there's actually a really nasty intestinal bacteria called C. diff. And they recently figured out the best way to treat it is with a procedure known as uh, fecal transplants, which is unfortunately exactly what it sounds like. They take a small amount, just a tiny, just a dab of someone else's stool, and they put it into your intestines, and it changes the microbiomes. It alters the cultures. Medically speaking, it gentrifies your colon. And it's super effective, and that's exciting because I'm fairly certain that it's the first medical procedure that was invented by third graders insulting each other on a playground, or it's just like, I hope you get diarrhea and someone takes their poop and they stick it up your butt and they mix it with your poop and a doctor just runs up like what did you just say I'll uh I'll close with I'll close with this you guys are really wonderful thank you um this is a little bit of medical advice that I found very useful. Also a story. Um, if you ever get heartburn and you need instant relief, the cheapest and most effective way to get it is uh, skip the over-the-counter medications. Just swallow a spoonful of baking soda. No shit. It works super well. Uh, it's basic. Just neutralizes the burn. Uh, I know this because I have acid reflux disease. I get very bad heartburn every day of my life, and I also happen to travel a lot. So whenever I fly, I always try to bring a little uh, Ziploc bag full of baking soda. <laughs> You guys know how to party. And um, I was going through airport security LAX recently, and my bag goes off in the scanner. And the guard's like, hey, is this yours? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I just have to check it real quick. Come with me. So he brings it over. He sets it down on the table. He opens it up. He reaches in like a candy crane, and he pulls out this little baggie full of white powder. I'm just like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, I know what that looks like, but it's not what you think it is. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to have to show this to my boss. And I was like, listen, I'm late for my flight, and... Um, you know what? I can actually prove to you that it's not what you think it is. My father was a chemist. Can I, um, can I show you something? And he was like, yeah, okay, sure. So he hands me the bag. I reach in. I pull out a small handful, and I start sprinkling it onto the ground. And I said, you see that? If this was cocaine, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, man. Fun. Fun to have him on the show. Fun. Fun. What were gynecologists doing? Shaming women. That's what they were doing. It takes so much energy. Even when I was like a... I remember when I was a teenager, I remember reading, like an early teen... Like when you're... Like, like the Target demo for Seventeen magazine is like 11. So when I was like 11, and then when you're 13, you're like, I'm a Cosmo gal! And then you just you stop reading all of those things uh, because your best friend's in the swim team, and that's more important. And um, my point is, um, I just remember reading articles that were like, most women can't even have orgasms. Do you guys remember that myth from our... Like, like women are... First of all, women are visual. Like, they don't even like... Any other stimulation? That's why. That's why women's. That's why women's porn is different. Women are visual. They need a story. We don't need a fucking. Nobody needs a fucking story. <laughs> nobody needs a story. Most women can't even have orgasms. Yes, they can. They just need. They need a little. They need. They need private alone time, and they need to, encouragement. That's okay to spend their private alone time, just checking things out. <laughs> And then maybe they could show somebody else their private alone time, or they could just have themselves. But I remember reading, like, in that same... Because even, like, there are books now that are like, we know why the male orgasm exists. And by the way, I'm going to use uh, I'm gonna use female and male, and I know that those are not 
finite terms, and I also know that those terms don't not everybody has the same. Every it, go with me for a second. Let's talk about <laughs> penises. We'll do it that way. Um, people will say we know why penises have orgasms. It's because that's how the sperm comes out. That's how the human race is continued. Uh, but we don't know why vaginas have orgasms. We can't figure it out. It just seems like useless. There's like useless redundant orgasms. And that is so like think about the thinking that the entire medical community would have to have for that to be true. Like that not anybody, not one doctor, not one doctor was like um, maybe it's so that maybe it's so that more than one of the partners wants to have sex to make babies. <laughs> It's for the same reason we came out of goo and we crawled and then we got legs and we were like, we need to do something to stay around. And then we were like, what if this stuff? Is this stuff cool? And we're like, I don't know. I'm not that into it. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's great. I didn't know that other thing, but that other thing is amazing. And then some of us were like, straight up, I just use it recreationally. And we were like, we know, we know, we know, we know, we know. I just have recreational orgasms. They're not going to do anything ever, is what I'm trying to say. Um, you guys are great. This next comic, what a fucking hero. God, I love her so much. Um, it's just a delight that she's here. How many Netflix specials now? Two? Two! I was trying to make them so much noise, but I put it on my own foot. You guys, please, a hero of mine. Let's hear it for Jen Kirkman. Well, thank you, Cameron. Thank you, Cameron Maria, for having me. And um, for anyone listening out there on the podcast, I'm doing a new stuff that, that I'm just thinking about today. So you, if you, I, I have a Netflix special called Just Keep Living that I that just came out, so you can watch that. And I, thank you, thank you. Oh, that this that wasn't for you guys, but if you haven't seen it, I think you would like it. It's sort of like what comedy is, um, except I don't wear a plaid shirts like like the guys do. Like I actually put like some thought into my outfit, so it's, it it might not look like a special right away because I don't like have a beard but like you'd be like oh I see it's kind of like comedy but she has jewelry okay so I just tweeted name five things Bernie's done uh, since Trump got elected to lead his revolution and everyone's going crazy and it's my favorite thing to do I am at that age where people in their 20s hate me because I'm old I'm uh, I actually because I but listen I, I need to, I'm still talking about Bernie Sanders and I don't give a do I like some of his ideas absolutely I I was into him and Kucinich fucking way before most of you were born. I was into them. Here's the deal. Then I started to get to know more about like how things get done. And I was like, oh, he doesn't get anything done. Great ideas. I was going to say great speaker, but I find his... I'm not sure. Okay. So, so into some of it. Maybe he recycled some 1990s Republican talking points and gave it to a new generation of boys, but that's okay. So, I 
like to make fun of him because you're not supposed to be in love with your leaders, right? They're not your daddy. Hillary's not my mommy. I have critiques of her as well. Um, but I like to get these people wrought up. What's Hillary doing? She's in the goddamn woods. That's what she's doing. You are fucking horrible to her. The FBI turned against her. The F fucking B.I. turned against her. And she's also not in the woods. She's doing a lot of things that private citizens who are in politics do. And someone's like, she's not outspoken about Trump like Elizabeth Warren. She's not a senator, you dumb fuck. People don't know what she does for a living. And then, so... So the kids are mad at me. And one of them said, it's your generation that did this. You are slackers. And I'm like, are you crazy? We couldn't have fucked things up in tw- just 20 years. It was a generation before us. It was, the, it was the, the mad men generation. I didn't put a fucking car, like, I didn't kill the electric car. I, then you go, maybe if your generation wasn't slacking. Like, they took it so literally. Like, we were just sitting around like, Duh. I mean, it was like, Kurt Cobain was doing like, pro-choice rallies and all this kind of stuff. We were very active. We just didn't love money. We weren't like, we were, we were like, we were grungy and we were like, we don't need anything, but we were totally politically active. Like I started a recycling club in 1991. Fuck you. So, um, so it's so bizarre. This is in the, don't call us millennials. That's the name of your generation. If that offends you, dear God, end your life now. Cause you can't handle what's coming. It's just the name of your generation. I'm sorry. What would you like me to call you? Oh my God. I don't understand if you have like, I guess those people would be my children. If I had had kids at 21, those would be my children. But it, it can't be my generation made these people. There's no fucking way we made them. Unless it's like, oh, I don't know. I just, the way that, that Christians that are like the bad kind of Christians treat gay children is how I would treat if I had a millennial. Like, you're not allowed in the house. You're not allowed here anymore. Like, but I might die in the street. That would be good for you. So... Anyway, everybody's very upset, very upset. But here's what I need people to understand. My sister's in her 50s. She lives in Vermont. She, she went there on the heels of a hot hippie love affair that, that turned into a, a, and it's not, you know, she's probably listening to this and like, Jen, it turned into a terrible marriage. And, and what, 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 what you guys don't understand is, what you guys don't understand is, hippies are violent assholes. And I've known this, my generation's on this for a long time, but you people, the new, not you, but there's a podcast out there. The young people, they just see pictures and Woodstock. Those were dicks. Those were the rich kids. The real ones were the yippies. And that was Abby Hoffman who started a revolution and wrote a book about how to do it. And it's an instruction manual about how to carry things around in a revolution, like your knife. And I mean, it's a really great book. It's called Steal This Book. And the hippies were the fucking rich kids that were imitating them and laying around at Woodstock. And everyone looks at photos. Look at this. Do you think, so there's that. Also, if I want Martin Luther King to come back from the dead so bad and go, I don't know who that white man is marching with me. I wasn't thinking about that that day. Look at Bernie marching with him. He didn't care. He didn't care. Okay, so anyway. um, But he didn't. He didn't care. Also, I marched... The women's march, I have to tell you what was really going on inside. It was a bunch of women being fucking annoying. I will tell you. So anyway, so... So hippies are very violent. I, I, they're, they're, they're just... 
they're angry. It's like it's like anytime you're too much one thing, you know that you're the opposite, right? The yo- a very centered yoga teacher, rageaholic. You understand this, right? Peace and love, peace and love. I'm beating my wife. You get this, right? Bernie shouting, shouting revolution, lazy as fuck. Can you staple this? No, he did not do anything. They kicked him off the commune because he was so fucking lazy. True story, look it up. So anyway, I'm just saying, don't everyone get Bernie 2020. Are you kidding me? Maybe his wake will be in 2020. He's an old man. I'm not, oh, you're ageist. I'm not ageist. There's a thing called life, and it starts to end around 75 to 100. And so maybe the revolution could be led by people my age, because I'll be old enough to be president in 2020, and I'm going to unslacker it up. Okay, so anyway, I'm, anyway, I'm not going to really be president. So I got Bernie Broad at the Women's March at, a, okay, so I went to the Women's March. I went to the one in Portland. I don't know why. I literally thought it would be easier than going downtown. I think I was right. So <laughs> I went. <laughs> My friend organized something. I went with her. We're sitting there and it was this weird thing where like the website said it starts at 12. Like the actual marching starts at 12. At 1130 there's going to be, you know, like some music and whatever. And it's pouring rain and we are there at 12 and then no one's moving and we can't see in front of us and everyone's just going march, march, march and no one's moving and it's pouring rain. And this is going on for close to an hour. So at about 12.45 soaking wet, like even waterproof things are like, we're not this waterproof. And like, I'm just... So this woman next to me, total Portland woman, um, she was like, I I go, wasn't this supposed to start at noon? She goes, the website said one. If you looked at the website, the website said one. It never said noon. (laughs) And I said, I looked at the website and it said noon. No, the activity starts at noon. The march starts at one. But I don't know why you're complaining. This is great. We're all here. We're all here. I go, okay, I got it. But it's just that it's pouring rain and I just want us to start walking. She goes, well, I don't know why you'd complain. I'm like, I don't know why you wouldn't shave your lip. We all have questions. Um, I'm a feminist, but honestly, either grow a mustache or wax it. I don't want in between on anybody. You look like a 13-year-old boy. Just own it and really grow it out or get rid of it all because I'm uncomfortable with the in-between because I don't know if you don't see it. It makes me very uncomfortable. And then there's like people coming through. I have a child. We have to leave. What the... Did, how did you think that would go, bringing the child with you to the thing and then asking a bunch of people who were sandwiched in if they could move? Oh, I have a child. She has to pee. I've, I just peed down my leg. So I, So anyway, I'm upset about... So I'll tell you how I got Bernie, bro. That's how I finished. But I'm upset about... Je- I think it's Jessica Alba. I read an interview with her. I still read those shitty magazines, by the way. And uh, she was like, I'm just like all the other moms. I have to eat in the shower. I have no time. There's time. You have 50 nannies and also regular moms. My mom, my dad worked. My mom raised me alone. She always showered, did her hair, nails, everything. You can, you don't have to eat in the shower. You you don't have to act like you're so busy. Like my mom, I don't have time to shower. You take the baby in the bassinet, you put it in the bathroom, you take a shower. You can take a shower, please. I know I don't have kids and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I bet you can shower because they used to shower. And so I don't know why you're... uh, I can't. That's not even a joke there. So anyway, no, no, no. Okay, so I have, to, I have to get off the stage right now. So here's what happens. So we all, after the rain and the women's march, we go to a, a sports bar and we just order lots of fried food. And the guy was, a, uh, the waiter was a guy. He's like, I love women. He's like, I was raised by them. It's like, 
That's cool. Hey, you know what? You can also love women because they're 52% of the population and also humans. You know, you wouldn't, would you go up to a table of black people, go, I love black people, had some black teachers. Like, you wouldn't talk like that. But we talk to women however we fucking want, right? However we want. And he had a beard and long hair, and I'm like, I know what this guy is, and it rhymes with Ernie O. And so he said, um, he goes, so how'd the march go? We're like, great. He's like, oh, I so support that. He's like, yeah, he's like, you, you know, um, I just wish like everyone in the Trump administration would, would die like if there was a gas leak, right? And then they'd be like, oh, but Bernie can take over. I'm like, why would Bernie take over? He didn't fucking win the primary. Why would Bernie take over? He didn't win the popular vote. It doesn't go to Bernie. There's no logic where it goes to Bernie. I don't care if he's hanging around ready to go. He doesn't get to be the president, ever. We said so. So anyway, I wrote him... My bill was $20. I tipped him 40 just to be like, booyah. And then I wrote him a note that said, if you really want to talk about Bernie Sanders, you should know about Shirley Chisholm and get the book Unbought and Unbossed. And do not ever talk to women about Bernie Sanders on the day of the Women's March. That's my hot tip. All right, have a good night. Thank you. Jed Kirkman, you guys let her hear it. Oh, Jen Kirkman. She is amazing. I love Jen, and you need to watch her specials on Netflix. She's a brilliant genius. Um, You guys, that is our show. That's That's our our show. show. That's our show. Let's hear it for everybody you saw tonight. Let's hear it for everybody you saw tonight. Thank you guys so much for coming out. We will be here next week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Jesus! I mean, (laughs) Jazos! Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.